0: we close our service. And I'm thinking of the Christmas story. I'm thinking of the characters that the Bible shows us and tells us about. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25, the Bible says that there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed unto him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day the Spirit led him to the temple, so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby to Jesus as the law required, Simeon was there, and he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people, for he is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. And I love this story because we don't know much about this man, Simeon. We just know a few things. Number one, he was old. Historians say he could have been anywhere between 90 and 113 years old at his encounter of Jesus in the temple. And we don't know this for sure, but we know that the Bible says he was near the point of death. He was really old. He was at the end of his life. He was at the end of everything that he had worked for and obtained. And and, and everything that had come into his life had come. And and now he he was old and close to the age of death. The Bible also tells us that Simeon was righteous. Simeon was righteous. Simeon was a man who lived according to the law of God and loved his fellow man. Now, we know that nobody is perfect, right? That doesn't mean Simeon was flawless, but the Bible says he was righteous. There's a difference between being perfect and being righteous. You don't have to be perfect to be righteous. Thank God for that. God can give you a gift of righteousness based on your faith and dependence on him. The Bible says that Abraham was counted as righteous, even though if you look at Abraham's life, it was filled with mistakes, it was filled with lying, it was filled with, with uh, having a, a wife and a handmaiden on the side, you know, sons from two different relationships in the same home. That's pretty, That's, that's, that's you know, that's kind of weird, just, just going to put it out there. Uh, and Abraham, not only that, but, but he didn't have perfect faith in God. In fact, the reason he had a handmaid on the side was because him and Sarah were getting impatient in waiting for God to fulfill his promise to them to, get, to have a son. And, and we learned that, that when we step in and try to help God out, we only end up hurting ourselves. So he wasn't perfect, he had lots of issues, but the Bible says God counted him as righteousness because of his faith. There was a moment in Abraham's life where after all his mistakes and all of his trial and errors, he finally settled down on the fact that God was going to fulfill his promise and he did a few things that demonstrated faith. And God took the few things that Abraham did by faith and he blanketed the rest of his life in something called righteousness. Righteousness means to stand before God with a clear conscience. You stand before God with a clean slate. No marks, no ticks, no blotches on your record, but you're righteous. So Simeon, the Bible says, was righteous, meaning he made lots of mistakes all of his life. But there was something Simeon did that God looked at and said, I'm going to blanket the rest of his life in my righteousness because of this one act of faith that Simeon did. The Bible says he was waiting for what is called the consolation of Israel. It's a mouthful, but the word consolation means comfort. Israel at this time was a torn nation. They had suffered much opposition from the Assyrians. The Babylonians, the Greeks, and now the Romans were nipping at their heels. They were a distressed people. In fact, the birth of Jesus was, was prefaced by a, a, a worldwide census that was put intact, where everyone had to return to their hometown where they were born and have themselves recorded and counted for the census. Well, what's the purpose of a census? Census. It's to tax the people. So you not only have to take this, this special trip you weren't planning on taking back to your hometown, but the reason for the trip back home wasn't to have a family reunion, wasn't to do a baby dedication, as some of you have done here today. It wasn't uh, to, to, to celebrate a holiday like we're probably going to do in the next month. But it was to be taxed. That was the point of the purpose of the trip. When you got home, after going on this trip, you were going to receive a bill in the mail from the government that said, thank you for going on that long trip at your own expense. Here is now your updated tax bill. And FYI, we've raised it a few percentage points. Thanks a lot. What a great trip. This is what the life of Christ was prefaced with. And so you can imagine, that doesn't bring a lot of joy, you know? People were traveling on the first Christmas, but they were, a lot of them were grumpy and irritated they had to go. Well, I guess you might be able to relate to that too, since not everybody's happy about traveling at Christmas time. But in this case, that, that the first Christmas was was marked by busy roads and travels, and and yet nobody was doing it for fun or for celebration or gifts on the back of their donkey. It was simply and holistically about putting money in the pockets of the Roman government. So the land was uncomfortable. Life was uncomfortable. Mary, who was very, very pregnant, had to go on a long, long, long trip. And for all the moms in the room that know what it's like to travel when you're pregnant, imagine doing it on the back of a cart driven by a donkey with wooden wheels. Feel every bump in the road, and yes, Husband Joseph probably put hay and straw and every possible conceivable soft thing to pad Mary's seat as she drove. But traveling in an open-air wagon driven by a donkey was probably not what Mary had in mind at the tail end of her pregnancy. Yet in all of these circumstances, the Messiah came into the world, and God fulfilled his promise. Can we just take a moment to acknowledge that God fulfills his promise in the middle of dark and uncertain times? Can we just take a moment to remember, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning, that God fulfills his word regardless of what the government is doing regardless of the tax bill that comes in your mail, regardless of the credit card bill that you recruit yourself at the end of Christmas, regardless of the darkness of depression that sometimes crowds into our minds and our hearts and the thoughts that seem to overwhelm and want to snuff out every ember of light, regardless of the heartache and the hurt, that you may experience, and the unfair treatment of others, the the marginalization, perhaps racism, perhaps uh, affliction in your job or work, or whatever you may experience on every level of society, sickness in your body, God's calendar and clock does not stop, and God routinely fulfills his promises in the midst of dark and foreboding circumstances. I'm so glad that I can look into the Word of God and God doesn't sugarcoat the first Christmas. Yes, it's all tinsel and lights here on on, on December the 3rd, 2023, but this is really just a facade. Life's, life's challenges and life struggles aren't all... Christmas lights and twinkles uh, and uh, and the wrapping paper that's pretty today is thrown into the recycling bin tomorrow. The toy that you spent hundreds of dollars on is probably going to be broken by the end of the week. I'm not trying to put a downer on your Christmas. I'm just Mr. Reality every once in a while, and I look at things and say, you know what? All the fancy furbelows and tinsel and Christmassy twinkle is just an outside exterior to sometimes mask up a real emptiness on the inside. An emptiness that can only be filled with the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you have Jesus in your life, then the outside frills and fancy and glitter and sparkles can actually be a reflection of what's on the inside. That the gold we use today to buy this and that is a reflective of the promise that is in my heart. And that promise is that He will never leave me, He will never forsake me, and He'll be with me even to the end of the age. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. That is the best gift I've ever received, was the gift of the Holy Ghost. The best gift I ever got was the, was the promise of His Spirit that came into my heart and filled me with His Spirit. When I was six years old, God knew I needed it early. He knew He knew I needed the Holy Ghost early. I, I needed His Spirit in my life. And when I spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance as a six-year-old boy, God put something in my soul that's worth more. More than gold and silver and all the jewels. The old song says, silver and gold, silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. No fame, no fortune, no riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. Now, some of you say, well, that's not really that old. That's that's only 90s old. But it's still a good song. Simeon. Simeon knew, he knew something was up. He knew something was up. And he was led by the Spirit, the Bible says, to go to the temple. Think of it. 90-something, maybe 110, 113 years old. And the Spirit nudges Simeon one day and says, it's time to go to the temple. Something's up today. And you can imagine those in Simeon's life were like, Dad, Grandpa, you're too old to be traveling to the temple today. But, you know, sometimes I love elders, because they, when they get something in their mind, everyone just goes, OK, well, I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> just because they can, and, and they're the elder, and we're, gonna, we're just going to make it happen. OK, well. That's where they want to be. That's where they're going to go. I remember uh, being at the bedside of Steph's grandmother, close to before she was before she passed away, and and she said, "I really just want a Coca-Cola. Just get me a Coke." And all the daughters were there. Mom, you're, it's just going to make you sick. You're not going to be able to hold it. She said, "Go get me a Coke." And so they gave her the Coke and. We helped, helped her sip those last few sips of Coke, and it made her sick, and it wasn't, but she, it was her last thing, and th- you know what they said, you know what, why not, it's what she wants. I can imagine that was Simeon's demeanor, you know, this is, this is what I want to do, I want to go to the temple today, I want to go to temple today, and I want one of you to make sure I get there, because today is going to be a special day. I think of Simeon like that little boy looking under the Christmas tree for that CD player. He was looking forward to something. Someone gave him, and the Spirit of the Lord revealed to him a promise. Simeon, you will not die until you have seen with your own eyes the Messiah. Imagine what that message must have done to him. Who knows when he received it? I'm sure he didn't receive it the day before. I'm sure it was a long-standing promise of God that he had put in his life. And the Bible says that he had lived his life watching and waiting for the restoration and the consolation of Israel. The Greek language is rich as uh, rich as it is with terms and it, it has a, a whole bunch of verbs that mean to look. If you were to study Greek, you'll discover that, that, that there's a lot of different words to mean similar things. And while in English we say look, we mean a few different things. We, you know, we, we can say one word, and we mean a bunch of different things by it, right? Like you can say, I love something. And, and that, that is different based on if you're talking about pizza, a dog, a cat, your child, your wife. I mean, I hope it's different on, on all of those scales. I hope there is a scale uh, of difference for you that you probably should love your wife differently than you love pizza or your cat. There should be a separation between those things. But that in English, we use different, we use roughly similar words to say things that we mean the same. And that, that can be challenging in the Greek and the English language. But Greek is very specific. Greek has a much wider vocabulary because it uses a lot of different words to express different things, so it's more specific. Uh, one verb means to look up, one means look away, another one looks look on, one means looking in, one looks says looking on something intently or very sp- very fervently. Uh, Looking over someone carefully means something completely different, and a a different Greek word for each one of those. But the the one that that was used in in reference to Simeon was the word prodeskomai, means to wait forward, to wait forward. Uh, You might say it like this, waiting forwardly, like Like you're on the edge of your seat and you're leaning forward, looking as far, because you're expect you're waiting forward. There's this stance that is used in a pictograph, and it's something like this: this this idea of looking out, waiting while leaning forward at the same time. Because what is coming down the road is something that you've been expecting and desiring and, and, and you are. Planted in your position and you are waiting forwardly it's waiting as though you're 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 taking action as often as you can everything you do is in preparation for this event every waking moment there's something every day you're wondering uh, this is about to happen this is about to go so when is it going to happen am i ready for when they arrive am i is everything prepped is is the is the decorations in place is the is the fruit cut up is the you know is the turkey stuffed is is the gift wrapped you know just like we do for christmas we wait forwardly and we start preparing early so when the day arrives we're not scrambling at the last second hopefully to to put the last things together but we've been waiting forwardly we've been taking action planning and preparing actively waiting with a purpose not wanting to miss the opportunity those of you that get up in the morning and you have a flight to catch You've hopefully packed your bag the night before. You're ready to go. You've got your ticket in your hand. You've got your passport already in your purse, and you're ready to go. Why? Because if you miss that plane, that's going to be a big headache. And so you're waiting forward. You you book your Uber ahead of time, and you plan to make sure everything is in in place because you don't want to miss The opportunity. And Simeon lived his life, the Bible says, waiting forwardly for the Messiah. Everything he did was in preparation to see Messiah. He had no clue from God when it was going to happen. But at 113 years old, God fulfilled his promise. And Simeon was there. Simeon was there. That's what the Bible says. Verse 28, Simeon was there. There's something special about being there, being ready. There's something to be said for just being there. I don't know if I'm going to get up and go to church this morning, but if you're there, something can come to you. You've been preparing. You've been waiting. I don't know if I'm going to get up and worship the Lord today, but if you do, you can be like Simeon and be there when the Messiah shows up. I want to be there. I want that to be said of me when, when, when things are past. I want them to say, Joel was there. He was present. He was ready. He was actively waiting. He wasn't passively wondering. It wasn't a fly-by-night situation. But he was actively preparing and waiting for the coming and the arrival of the Lord in his life. And can that be said about us this morning? Can it be said about us that we were there? Or is it just when it's convenient? Is it just when things are right, you're there? When when the, when the circumstances are all aligned, then you're there. No, see I think God wants us to be a little bit like Simeon we, we're we waiting for the promises of God to be filled but we're not just waiting at home passing the time on social media we're not just waiting around watching movies on Disney Plus or Netflix but we're, we're actively preparing ourselves for the arrival of the Lord in our lives and the arrival of the Lord in our lives the fulfillment of God's promises in our life are different for every one of us and, and And if we're there, maybe we might receive the thing that God has promised to us. Simeon actively waited. His faith inspired him to look for signs that pointed to the Messiah. And so now, today, this is our chance. It's our turn. It's our turn to now anticipate. We all have received a promise. Jesus is going to come back. It's a promise Jesus gave to his church when he ascended on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, on the Mount of Olives, sorry, uh, his final moments with his disciples. And he said, I'm going to come back. I'll be back soon. I'll be back soon. Now, soon for Jesus is something like 2,000 plus years. So that's not exactly what I would call soon. But, I mean, I'm not God. So. <laughs> uh, but, but he's coming. And are you ready? Are you waiting for him actively? All of creation is going to be restored. All of the governments of this world will be overseen by Jesus and his government. And he'll never be impeached. He'll never be voted out. He'll never resign. There won't be an election to determine whether or not he's going to be back in office. He's going to be permanently at the head of every government. Oh, thank God we don't have to go through elections anymore because we just know who the king is. And he's the king of all kings and he's going to stay there. And nothing's going to put him out of his place. Sickness will be done away with. Peace will rule the land as water covers the sea so the glory and the knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth. Jesus will be here. But how much are we ready for his arrival? How ready are you for the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth? I mean, because when Jesus is Lord, he's Lord of everything. So if you're The question is, is he Lord of you today? The question we've got to ask ourselves now is, is the Lord my Lord now? Is the Lord really my Lord? Is he my governor? Is he my prince of peace? Is he my everlasting father? Is, is he my healer? Is he my savior? Is he my Lord? Am I living in a way that leans forward expecting his arrival? This is not a church of one culture group. This is not a church of one ethnic group or one one kind of people, but this is a church that represents what heaven will look like. But the Bible says, out of every race of people, every kindred and tongue and people and nation will be in heaven, worshiping around the throne of God and magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that is that the kind of reflection that that we're going to have in this church? Yes. Why? Because we're waiting forwardly for the expected. We're not just going to wait to heaven to have a multicultural celebration of worship. We're going to do it every week we come together. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation is going to gather together here in this church and praise and magnify and worship the Lord. And just like Paul said, such were some of you. So, So there's going to be people from every walk of life that are going to worship around the the, the altar area in this church. People that come from broken homes. People that come from homes that are put together. People that come from homes of abuse and and trial and suffering. And people that come from homes of blessing and and, and togetherness and family unity. People that come from addictions. People that come from from addictions of all kinds. Sexual addictions. uh, Substance addictions. They're going to find rest and refuge here in the house of God. And this church is going to be reflection of what's going to be over there on the other side when we get to heaven because this church is going to wait expectantly and forwardly. We're going to live as though the kingdom of God is already here. That's why Jesus said when you pray, pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't have to wait for heaven to receive the blessings of God. We don't have to wait for heaven to have joy in our soul. The promises of God today are yet and amen and I can have those things now I can have that joy now I can have that expectancy now that doesn't mean everything in my life is going to be perfect as I said in the, in the dedication speech this morning the, the storms are going to fall on the house that's on the rock and on the sand but the difference is what your life is built on how are you waiting for the promise of God Titus 2, and I'm closing with this verse. Titus 2 and 13 says, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. We look forward with hope. He was devout. How devoted are you? What are you doing in your life that's leaning you forward to the arrival of Jesus? Who are you telling about the love that God has poured out in your life? Nobody said you had to be an expert in Scripture to share the gospel with anybody. You can share the good news. That's what gospel means, good news. You can share the good news of the love of God with those around you. You can share the love of God with people nearby. It can be as simple as baking them something to eat. It can be as simple as as meeting them for coffee or, or going to dinner or, or having a Bible study or opening up the Bible together and reading. And you may not have all the answers, but is there something you can do that waits for the arrival of Jesus in your life? Is there something you can do to help someone else wait when Simeon received Jesus in his arms? He let out a cry of worship and he said, I can now die in peace because my eyes have beheld your salvation. Have you beheld the salvation of the Lord in your life? Have you experienced the freedom of being forgiven of all your sins? Can you share that with somebody else? Is there someone that you can minister to, that you can pray with this morning? What are you doing If you were to look at your own bills and how you spend your finances, would you say that that money is going towards things that are eternal? Or is it all spent on just the things in life that will be burnt up and consumed? Is the way you live, if you were gone tomorrow, would it leave a hole in somebody's life? I don't want to be morbid this morning, but I I think it's good to take stock while we're in a month of spend 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 plastic 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 dinner 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 eat 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 sweet 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 let's take a moment to reflect what am I building for eternity what am I giving for tomorrow when Christmas is all said and done have I done anything in December that's waiting for the arrival of Jesus or was I just waiting for the arrival of a gift a dinner A time with family. Can we stand this morning? I know it's a sobering conclusion to a joyous day, but that's a good thing. Can we just take a few moments in prayer and and ask the Lord God, would you help me to remember to wait with expectancy, to live for eternity, to live not just for the here and now, not just for the pleasure of the moment, but live waiting for the arrival of Jesus in my life. I wonder if you'd find a place of prayer. You can do it here at this altar. You can do it in the front. You can do it in your seat. But would you take a few moments to talk to Jesus and commit yourself to him? I give myself away. Come on, all over this house, would you talk to the Lord? myself away so you can use me give myself away I give myself away so you can use me here I am hands Lord among way so you can use me my life is not my own to you i belong give myself i give myself to you my life is not my own myself I give myself to you my life is not my own you I belong I give myself myself to let the Lord use you this morning and would you grab the hand or the shoulder of the person next to you if it's appropriate and would you just begin to pray for each other let the Lord use you this morning to minister to somebody else Jesus we give ourselves away to you Lord use us right now let your spirit fall on us let your power be felt in our lives in Jesus name on. You don't know what they're going through this morning, but God can use you to pray a blessing in their life. In Jesus' name, this is what it means to wait with expectancy. I'm going to think of somebody else more as important than myself. Bless them, Lord. Cause your face to shine on them. Cause your spirit to be renewed in their life. In Jesus' name, Give myself away, give myself away, oh you can use me, give myself away. Oh, light of the world, light of the world, shine in my life, shine in my life. I wait for you, Jesus. I wait with expectancy for you, Jesus. Be involved in Your kingdom, Your will be done. Your kingdom come, Jesus, on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. On earth as it is in heaven, Jesus. Your kingdom come, Your will be done. Your kingdom come, Your will be done in my life. Be magnified. kingdom come, Your will be done in my life. Be magnified. Make that Your prayer. Your kingdom come, Your will be done. Your kingdom come will be done in my life. Be magnified. Oh, Your kingdom. Come, you will be done in my life. Be magnified. Your kingdom come, you will be done, your kingdom come. You will be done in my life. Be magnified. Jesus, your kingdom come, you will be done, your kingdom come. Will be done in my life. Be magnified. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. Be magnified, Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. Be magnified. Jesus, let your will be done in our lives. I pray a blessing over your people today, Lord. They're yours. They belong to you. I pray, God, a covering of your spirit of your name and of your word over them today in the name of Jesus. As they leave this place, let them leave under the presence of God. Go with them, Lord, like a cloud over their life. Go with them, Lord, like a pillar of fire, covering and shielding and protecting around about them, Lord. Protect their minds. Protect their hearts. In Jesus' name let your spirit cover and keep them Lord in the name of Jesus I pray a blessing over their finances Lord God so that they can give to your kingdom and give to your will and let your purposes be fulfilled in their life in Jesus name protect their bodies Lord on the roads protect their cars let your angels encamp round about them God we claim the promises of your word in Jesus name In Jesus' name, help us to live for your kingdom and your purpose in our life. Not just for our own comfort, not just for our own will to be accomplished, Jesus. We want your will to be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, we surrender ourselves to you, God, in the name of Jesus. We surrender our kids to you, Lord. I pray a covering over our children this morning. As they go to school, keep your hand upon them. Lord, shield every school, Lord Jesus. Wrap your hand around the teachers and the principals and the educators. In Jesus' name, a shield and a covering over every school in this city and over every school our children go to. I pray for the friends of our children, Lord, that they would come to know you through our influence, that they would come to see your life and your light through us, Jesus. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives. Be magnified. Be made bigger. Be made greater in the eyes of this world through our example. Through the way that we live. The way that we talk. The way that we walk. Everything we do, God, be magnified. Be exemplified, God, in our lives. In Jesus' name, let your glory shine from us, Lord Jesus, to bring you praise. To bring you glory in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, would you say in Jesus' name with me. In Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. Oh, would you just lift your voice and worship the Lord. There's a special presence of God here today. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Be magnified today. In Jesus' name. God bless you today. You're dismissed. Greet the families.